Hi, I'm Chanel, digital marketing specialist, marketing coach, and owner of Ninky, a strategy and content marketing agency that helps businesses increase their online presence and build their brand community. If you're a marketing manager, CEO, or thriving business owner, this podcast is for you. Ninky Talks offers marketing tips, insights, and advice from industry professionals who know their sh**. If you dig the podcast, subscribe and share it. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Ninky Talks, which we have relaunched as a podcast. I'm super excited to be starting our very first episode with Dina from Society. So um, we're going to chat to her today, but before we get to that, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Society. So it's an independent female-led agency with a fresh and brave approach to marketing communications. They are people-obsessed and find the spark that connects brands with consumers. So I'm very excited to be talking to the owner, the founder, the CEO, um, the amazing woman behind Society. Her name is Dina. Dina, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here today and have a chat, see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. And I know Dina through She Creates, which is a wonderful initiative by the AADC. And I highly recommend that you that you look it up. Uh, they host some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful events that connect uh, females in marketing um, and creative and communications. And um, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for them. So that's how I, I met Dean. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she would just be the most perfect person to launch this podcast with. So um, so thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And thanks for the She Creates plug. It's always good to have um, women in the creative industry unite together and challenge each other and support one another as well as we kind of go through uh, our journey and our creative journey together. So She Creates is a wonderful initiative and um, definitely worth checking out. Um, and thanks for the introduction to society. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to tell you more about that or my background if you want me to please do let's start there tell us about your background tell us about society yeah wonderful so as you can hear I'm American um I started my career over 20 years ago in New York City and I started with what is the world's largest independent PR agency uh working in consumer brands and issues in crisis uh, for about a decade before I moved to Australia, where I then worked for the largest publicly listed holding company of agencies in the world. And um, for them, I opened up offices across Australia. I headed up digital and social, I headed up innovation, um, and I ended up being their chief commercial officer for Asia Pacific. I did that for almost a decade as well. And then after working for the largest independent, the largest publicly listed, I really thought there was a bit of a gap in the market and something was missing. And really what was missing was people and authenticity of those relationships. Um, and I thought as we, you know, I love what I do and I love marketing communications, but we have a great responsibility that we can influence people. We can in- influence decisions that are made. And I just felt like there was a real power in the fact that we needed to get back to understanding people better and putting people at the heart of everything we do, not only who we work with and who we're collaborating with and our clients and the people who work for us, but ultimately the people, the societies that we're working within. So society was really born and literally that's why it's called society from this idea of working with and influencing positively how we live, work and play in society and being obsessed with people and putting people at the heart of absolutely everything we do. And that launched almost six years ago in June. So that's sort of the journey up to the point of society's launch and and how I got to that. 
Amazing. Um, and that resonates with me so much because I'm always a sort of like people first person. Um, and you said something so interesting about the responsibility that we have as marketers to, um, you know, not just connect with consumers authentically, but to make sure that we're being really ethical with with how we do it. Um, so I, I really love the ethics of your agency. I think that's really important. How do you navigate yeah. through building your agency's values and ethics to be in line with with people I feel like there's, there's so many agencies in, in Adelaide that are popping up you know daily and the the difference between one agency from the, the the other or any business from another is the ethics that they instill or the values that they instill so how did you kind of navigate through going all right this is how we want to approach it yeah I think I had a really clear vision I mean after you work for uh, you know, a decade on one side of the world for a really significantly large company and for brands that are significantly globally large. And then you do that in this market in Asia Pacific, I think you have a pretty good read on who you want to be um, and sort of what is sort of the best of the best. And I have this motto that um, the agency lives and breathes by, which is work hard, be kind. And I think, I you know, when I started society, the very concept of the fact that it was called society putting people at the heart of everything it was so baked into the reason why i created the business that the dna has always been really strong it's been always about people and relationships over anything else it's always been about working hard and being kind because if you do those two things most often things will work out for you in life <laughs> you know it is really almost that simple sometimes Absolutely. um and so the values, it's almost like the business was born from the values versus what some CEOs and founders do, which is they build a business around their skill sets and how they think they can make money. I build a business around the values I held, it, held as a person and what I thought would be a great honor and privilege in terms of the fact that we are these communicators to societies all over the world and we have that responsibility. Um, I built the agency with that at its forefront more than I built it around its skills or how it might make money. So that is amazing. And um, I think we we kind of share that uh, with my agency because I didn't start a business to make loads and loads and loads of money. Um, it actually happened all quite organically I just knew what I didn't want in a career and what I didn't want in a job um started working as a freelancer and then accidentally birthed an agency um and although that may sound make me sound like a terrible business person because I didn't have a business plan I just grew it organically the foundation of the business were my values um and identifying what I definitely wanted from my life and from my career and what I definitely didn't want from my life and my career and our company culture has been built around that um and company culture and putting your people first um, just sets you up for success. You know, if the people who work with you are happy, your customers are happy. Um, so leading an organization by putting people first is always going to work. Um, it's something that I've been hearing a lot lately, actually, just how um, making sure that you have those values and those ethics. It's, it's really, really important. Do you think that that's, um, that's a, a female thing? Um, like, for me, like, do you think that it's, we've almost got that, like, that internal motherly instinct to 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 look after our, our people? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that's a good question. And it's certainly thought provoking, but not necessarily. I think it's just a mindset thing. Um, yeah. And you could be 
anyone uh, with that mindset um, where you just really live by your values. And you also have to realize that when you set values, you know, they're not linear. Like you have to be able to evolve and change and reconsider um, by listening to people and listening to the world around you as well. Um, so it's not like it's a set and forget thing. So I, yeah, I mean, maybe if you did a survey, you might find the more females have that initial mindset, but I think people are a lot more top of mind around that in general now. Mm. Um, and we talked about this at the value shift event at She Creates a little bit in terms of when, how do you kind of blend values with commerciality? And can you take values too far and almost lose your commercial essence? There was a bit of a debate around that. And um, my feeling on that is, is that yeah, it definitely is a balance. You can't be all values and have no commercial integrity. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. work um, or any sort of commercial plan, but it it is a balance and it is about having sort of that open dialogue around um, your values, sort of leading your, your kind of commercial intent. If we're talking about running a business, which we are in this podcast, and then making sure those values lead your commercial intent. And at the end of the day, you still need to produce really good work, right? You can't just be all values and no, no substance behind that. So it's not one or the other. You still have to do excellent work in your field. Um, you need to still provide genuine, great counsel. Um, and it's just underpinned in the foundation are your values. It's sort of not one leading the other. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. All, all about the, the balance. So talking about growing a business, so you've grown a very successful business. Um, what have been your biggest learnings and your biggest downfalls? Give, give me give me two of each if you, if you like, or as, as many or as few as you like, your, your biggest lessons and your biggest downfalls. Um, I don't know if it was a learning, but one of the pieces of advice I say to most founders or CEOs is build the business that you want from day one, but don't step into it accidentally. And I know you've stepped into yours a little bit accidentally, as you've said, but I tend to say to people, um, start the business and lead the business from day one about how you want the business to be. So get the best processes in place, buy the very best equipment and technology that you can possibly afford. You know, it's sort of like dressing for the job you want, mm -hmm. like go in with a very concerted, very manifested, I am doing this and I am doing it as if I am already that organization that I have as my in-game idea, if you have an in-game idea. Um, so I think that's probably one of my biggest tips in how I actually started my organization. Um, so definitely keep that in mind. And then I also think just about, um, you know, set your business plan, but um, also always look at it quarterly. It's, it's not one of these things that you put in a drawer. Um, so it's, you know, have sort of your five-year plan, have your annual plan, but then also look at things quarterly because you can only sort of move the needle so far. And every 12 weeks, you have sort of an opportunity to check how you're going and recalibrate if you need to, because the world is changing and moving so quickly. And we learned that through, you know, the pandemic and times like that now mm -hmm. kind of potentially going into a recession. It's not good enough just to create a business plan and then forget about it and then just kind of go about doing your business. It is definitely looking at it every quarter and kind of going, is that still the path that we're on? Or do we need to kind of go off the path momentarily because we need to deal with this opportunity or this risk in front of us? Mm. Um, so those are probably tips and advice. Uh, and I guess in terms of pitfalls, um, 
That's a good question. I Nothing stands out as that was a mistake, um, but perhaps pitfalls still kind of come back to people sometimes as well, I think. So it's probably making sure that you align yourself with clients that have the type of people or the type of values in a business that align with yours. That's really important. So just mm-hmm. you know, maybe not accepting just any job because it's a job. Um, and that's maybe was a, you know, a pitfall in the early days where you think I'll just get as much work as I can and build a name for myself. And, um, I don't subscribe to that methodology any longer. It is really just about finding that value alignment. Um, and the other is recognizing that the people that perhaps, um, started within your company, um, aren't always the right people to be leading your company five, 10 or 15 years later either. Sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. So I think it's about recognizing maybe what you did need when your business was two years old might be different than what your business needs when it's 10 years old and being able to see that clearly in advance and either grow with those people or find different pathways for those people, but always try and stay in touch because the world is a very small place. This industry is extremely a small place. Um, so I'm always about sort of leaving your relationships and leaving your work in a better place than when you started with them, no matter what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. No, that's super valuable. And I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Those are very good points. Um, you have a reputation for being a fantastic um, leader. And so my question for you is, do you feel like leadership is something that you're born with or something that you can learn or be taught? I think some of us naturally have a bit more of a leadership style in us from the beginning than others, but I 100% think it's a learned uh, opportunity as well. So just because you feel like maybe you're shy or you're introverted, or I've never been a leader before, why could I possibly be one now? I I believe you still could be. Um, And I think it's about finding those values within you that you can lean into and you can lead with those values in mind. Some of us just find it more, comes to us a bit more natural, right? So maybe it was Mm. because when we were growing up at school, maybe we were a captain of something on one of our teams or something, you know, led the debate team or, you know, led the basketball team or netball team or whatever it might be. And so maybe some of us had opportunities to be leaders from a younger age. I think it's a really great opportunity if you do have children or even people in your business to give them leadership opportunities often and early and let them feel what that feels like. Um, so, you know, I love giving even people in our business, regardless of where they're sitting, an opportunity to wear a different hat for a while. So it might be, um, you know, we have somebody kind of in, in charge of wellness um, at the company, not a director in the company currently, but um, has this opportunity to lead wellness in the agency. And um, I think that's a really good opportunity to give people who are, younger in their career, a chance to see what their leadership style might be um, and to try it on. Because sometimes you have to try on your leadership style and go, "Mm, I think my leadership style is this. And you try it on and you go, "Mm, that's maybe not working. Um, And so give them those opportunities. Um, And so it just comes about that. And if you're not being given those opportunities, I always say, ask for them. Um, You know, not in an aggressive way, but say, I'm looking for opportunities to lead or manage and what is um what is a sandbox I can play in that is minimal risk but that would give me that opportunity to give it a go Mm -hmm. and what do you think um whether it learned or or something you're born with or like the three key things a, a good leader needs 
to be or to have? I think it's different for different people, which is a good point. I think it's different for different people, but I think some commonalities that you might find is that, um, you know, a good, a good leader will um, listen and engage, um, but also be able to take what they're seeing and what they're hearing and put their own um, skills and leadership on top of that and then lead forward. So it's not just about listening and doing what everybody wants you to do. It's about true leadership is about listening, engaging, and then lifting the eyes even further into the horizon and going, okay, this is what I'm going to take with this information um, and kind of enhancing it. Um, so I think that's one thing that's important. Um, I think your ability to just get on with it is a big thing. Um, you know, we have a funny little saying, it's move combo on at society where it's sometimes it's just move on, you know, and move on. And when they go low, you go high, you know, very Michelle Obama saying, but it is a great way to lead sometimes because you mm. will come up with some really tricky things. And sometimes, you know, I always take the high road and some people have said to me, how can you be that patient and always take the high road? And don't you just want to really, you know, tell that person what you think? And I always say, they will find out what they think soon enough. They don't need me to tell them mm -hmm. if they're acting low. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes it's just about kind of going high and not letting that stuff get to you. And so I do think you need to have a bit of a personality where you're willing to be patient and you're willing to go high when people go low and you're willing to um, take the bad with the good and not get too upset about it. Mm -hmm. Which is which is which is 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 hard to do, especially for someone like me who's particularly um, emotional. I think I've had to learn that skill. I don't think that mm -hmm. that's something I'm. I would consider myself to be a leader here, Flick, but um, I'm, I'm definitely was not born with that thick skin. Um, I, I, and oddly enough, I do have quite a thick skin, but in business, I've had to learn. I've had to build that that thick skin. Um, I feel like for me, empathy is a really good one, um, or it's one that I feel that I have to put myself in the shoes of my employees and and get a sense of what they, how they would like to be treated. And, but then also not getting too pulled down into that because I also still at the end of the day have to make decisions for the business as well. So um, that, that's one that I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another one that I think is really important is energy. Mm -hmm. You need to bring a certain sort of um, energy to a meeting, to a room, to anything. It doesn't have to be an over the top energy, but it has to be a certain vibe that people um, enjoy being around. Mm. <laughs> you have to be enjoyable to be around. Yeah. Um, I think that helps. So, you know, coming in and being positive and bringing a certain set of energy and passion, I, I do think that's contagious. And mm. if people have been in a bad mood, um, you know, knowing that you're, you're stepping into the room and you're bringing some energy and excitement. And I think especially if you're working with clients, sometimes as an agency, your meeting could be the most exciting part of their day make sure it's an exciting, great yeah. part of their, I love know, that. bring yeah. the enthusiasm, bring the energy, bring the creativity. I mean, that is one value that they're hoping to get from you. Mm. So I think, you know, being able to put down whatever you're feeling and enter any room in any, any meeting with a really positive energy to you is a great leadership value to have. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. So let's shift. So we've spoken a bit about leadership. Let's shift back to a little bit more about the agency stuff. So, um, 
something that uh, sort of something that's been weighing on my mind lately and it's something that I've been using in a lot of my conversations is that marketing is magical but it's not magic so what I mean by that is there seems to be such an expectation from businesses that we are there to solve their business problems and we're not and I wanted to have a conversation around shifting the expectations of what a marketing agency does and doesn't do. And of course, if you own a marketing agency and you're listening to this, it's really your job to make sure you manage the client's expectations on what is and isn't achievable in the role that you're taking on as their marketing agency. Um, but, you know, we sit in business, we sit in front of businesses all the time and um, we often don't take them on if we can identify that, you know, mar marketing almost, they use it as a band aid. And they need to look inward towards how they're running their business because if there's something that's not right in the core of their business, it doesn't matter how many marketing, how much marketing you do, how many ads you run, you know, if the business is a bit broken or if the brand is a bit broken, your marketing and your your advertising is not going to fix that. So um is that something that you that that you've seen or that you agree with the whole sort of you know marketing is magical, but it's not magic, it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix your business problems and is that something that you've experienced um, or is it something that you've got? Yeah, it's an interesting on question. It? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's, an, it's a really interesting question. I mean, it's it's a fun little saying. I quite like it. Um, but I'd probably say something similar that there's not a silver bullet, which is kind of what you are saying. You know, there's yeah. not one silver bullet thing that you can do that's going to fix one problem. But I probably still subscribe to the fact that marketing is pretty powerful and can do an awful lot. Um, and it can, especially if, um, your marketing communications is not just external, but also internal. Um, and yes, marketing comms in itself can't fix every single part of a business. Um, but it can be a really strong piece of strategic counsel internally and externally. It doesn't always have to just be the ad marketing communications is so much broader than that um, now. So I think when you really get to the crux of um, counsel and strategic advice and CEO to CEO, I think some magic can still happen mm -hmm. um, and you can couch it in marketing comms in some sort of way. Maybe that's just me being an extremely positive person. But what I will say is there is not one silver bullet. You're not going to do one thing that's going to fix mm -hmm. all the things. And that's a conversation, you know, you need to have if that's what they're thinking, I'd, I'd like to think you're probably not coming up against too many clients who think you can do one thing and the whole ship has turned around. Um, building a brand, building a reputation, building a sales funnel, building, you know, customer trust or brand trust. These are things that are always on. Um, so yes, you might have a campaign um, and that campaign might launch a moment in time and, you know, get people talking or start your reach increasing, start eyeballs looking at you. But then you need to think about how are you going to sustain that momentum and what are you going to support it with as an always on strategy? And I always see the, the brands that invest consistently always will find more efficiency than the brands that come in, out, in, oh, out, in, out. So even oh, if you're smaller, even if your investment level is lower on a monthly basis, it will be more impactful than if you just do a, a big splash once a year or twice a year. Um, so I, I, I do think there is that sort of conversation around um, what can you do with what you have, which means you're always doing it on some small level. You're just yeah. always out there.
Um, and really taking the opportunity as kind of going, maybe they're not just hiring you for that ad. They're hiring you for um, your commercial integrity, your knowledge, the other businesses and things you've seen over the lifespan of your career. And can you be have a genuine seat around the table as a, um, as a competent. Now you're not going to always get a genuine seat around the table with all of your clients. You know, that's probably unrealistic. That's, you know, the unicorn type of client relationship. Um, but I think you can aim for that, um, on some level as best as possible. And if, if you're not getting that, then maybe it's not a value alignment with where your business is anyway. Mm. So you, you hit the nail on the head when you said consistency, which is my like absolute favorite word when it comes to marketing, like consistency is key. You can't just switch things on and off. Um, and if you can be consistent, um, it, it will work for you. Like you say, figure out what you can do, um, and make sure that you put consistency first, um, rather than, you know, jumping in and out. And we've seen that even with like our TikTok with Ninky's TikTok, um, we spent months, months and months and months and months trying to, you know, go viral and, you know, use it as a means to mm. generate inquiries and get more followers. And it took months until it didn't anymore. And now we've, we literally went from like a thousand followers to 10,000 followers in seven days. Not that that's the, the major measurement metric, mm. but we do get inquiries from it now. And it was only because we were consistent with it. We tried different yeah. things, we stuck with it and it worked. So consistency is definitely key with marketing. Um, I've got one more Good question time. for you. Um, and then I'll let you get back to your, 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 your very busy day because you're a very busy lady. Um, so it's about recruitment, right? So, um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that a lot of business owners, um, face, uh, is, is finding the, the, the right people to work, um, in the business. So I'd love for you to give, um, even if it's just one tip when it comes to recruitment, um, like for me, I, I do like to hire on soft skills and teach hard skills. And that's a big, that's something that's important to me and it's worked for me so far. And um, what would be your sort of number one hot tip for recruiting a dream team at, at an agency? Mm, hire on culture. Um, yeah. a, the cultural fit is immensely important. It's kind of a little bit what you're saying. Um, for us, strong skills are really important because we work with very large brands that, you know, hire us for our excellence. So we are still mm -hmm. looking for very strong skill sets unless you're kind of coming in at the grad kind of program level, mm -hmm. which by the way, I love getting people in from a grad coordinator assistant point of view, because you can really train them in those hard skills, um, which I love um, versus inheriting hard skills, but we, we do need to still hire for both in our mm -hmm. agency. Um, so I think the thing that ends up separating the really strong skill sets we get is the, um, cultural match. And it, for me, it's always, if they're going to work hard and be kind, we have a good place to build from. Yeah. Um, if they're not going to work hard and be kind, which hand in hand, like you have to be able to do both at the same time, they're probably not going to be a fit for us, no matter how clever they are or how great their skills are. Um, there's no place for ego that is, you know, cancer in your culture, as far as I'm concerned. There's no place for ego. There's no place for back talking, under talking, um, taking credit for things that you didn't actually do. We would never stand for that. If, if we did have somebody in who was starting to have 
that type of attitude on a regular basis, they they wouldn't be with us any longer. Um, so, but work hard, be kind is still my, my, my number one thing that I'm looking for. And then back that up with the, the eagerness to learn mm. the tenacity society is a little bit scrappy. So having sort of that tenacity and sort of that willingness to just kind of be scrappy and get it done. Mm. Um, I look for that kind of attitude as well. And that's probably my, my kind of Detroit hustle coming in there. I was going to say, I feel like we spoke about that at one of the She Creates <laughs> events. Like we, we yeah. were sort of saying, look, I said, I'm from South Africa and we hustle yeah. and we work freaking hard. Um, and you're yeah. like, I'm from New York and I'm Italian. So we were like, yeah. Really yeah. on that work hard thing. Um, yeah, which yeah, I love, exactly. Work hard, but like, be kind. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And it should be on a t-shirt. I hope uh, it's on a t-shirt for your staff. It's it's really good, really simple, but says a lot. Yeah, definitely. No, I hope that um, that helped. I mean, I think just to to summarize, you know, uh, know the business you're building from day one, and and don't relent from that. Um, align that to your values and build on your values before you build on anything else. Um, when you hit a pitfall, no drama, take it in your stride, just find another way around that. And, um, you know, don't lose sleep over it. I know a lot of founders say they lose sleep. Um, I have never lost sleep over the business and I will always oh, aim Dina, I'm so jealous. Need to turn off and just go to sleep there's always another day um and and hire based on your ethos your values and your culture but still make sure they have really awesome skill sets or the ability and eagerness to learn really awesome skill sets mm -hmm. um have a bit of fun with it like at the end of the day running a business and doing marketing communications should be a bit of fun so yeah, bring some to the room and just enjoy what you're doing yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for that summary. That was bloody awesome. You are awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and for giving us your time and your valuable insights. Um, I really appreciate it. And uh, let us know how people can can get in touch with you or follow you, website URL, Instagram. Uh, we are, inst all of our social handles are Society Marcom. M-A-R-C-O-M. So you can follow us there. Um, our website is societymarcom.com and you can follow me as Vasalo Dina on Insta and Dina Vasalo on LinkedIn. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ninky Talks. If you did, please review and subscribe. See you next time.